Hi, this is Bernie Dake. Welcome to the Salvation Army's Words of Life. Welcome back to Words of Life. I'm Bernie Dake. And I'm Cheryl Gillum. We're so glad that you're here with us. Back in July of 2019, we were in the middle of a series on parenting. And on episode seven, we were joined by Salvation Army officers, Steve and Connie Long. They shared their story and testimony of raising a larger family and the journey of welcoming their adopted daughter as their own. I think Cheryl can speak a lot about their adopted daughter. I would love to say, especially if Steve is listening, that these are two good-looking, hard-working Salvation Army officers, mm. but Steve is someone you don't want to meet on any competitive court. He is super competitive, and I love that drive that he has. But they have a large family. They do. And uh, Cheryl, you know a little bit about that. I do. I grew up the youngest of seven, Man. so uh, I know a little bit about what it is to be a child in a large family, yeah. but not to parent in a large family. And then the gift that they've given that child to adopt them and yeah. just bring them into that family. I think that's a wonderful ministry for sure. Absolutely. Sharing a lot of love. Well, if you're a parent in ministry struggling with some of your kids' life decisions or just need some encouraging words from another parent, we know this episode will be a blessing to you. Enjoy. We'll see you next week on Words of Life. Well, my uh, beginning days with the Salvation Army, uh, my sister uh, was married to a Salvationist, uh, Bill Touchton, and uh, Bill was in the Air Force, and uh, my sister was uh, very much in love, and they, they got married, and, and so Bill's influencing her uh, brought me into a far distant relationship and knowledge of the Salvation Army. I didn't know anything about it except that uh, they helped people. Uh, at that time, I was a long-haired hippie and, and uh, carried up into the hippie movement. And, and Bill and Peg were, were very uh, instrumental, uh, I would say, probably through prayer and my mother and uh, my commitment to Christ. Uh, at uh, 22 years of age, I, I came through a, a very hard, depressing moment with uh, my lifestyle and didn't want to uh, live anymore. I became very depressed. And I, I just uh, remembered uh, hearing the Lord speak to me at that moment in the quietness of, of a house. And uh, I said, Lord, if you're real, come into my heart and I'll serve you the rest of my life. And, and sure enough, I just felt the wave of his forgiving presence just clean me inside and out. And I began to weep. I hadn't cried since my dad passed away at 14 and here six years later I'm crying like a little baby uh, my mother had had come into the house a day later and uh, she said well what are you going to do now I said I don't know but I have to serve the Lord I've got to do something and I'm thinking Peace Corps Red Cross and she says well what about your sister Peggy uh, they're in Tallahassee and and uh, I said well let's let's go uh, and then the very next day after that, I was a volunteer bell ringer. And uh, yeah, God just uh, opened up the door and, and uh, led me to uh, where I'm at today. For me, I have grown up in the Salvation Army with my parents. And from the age of 
probably four or five, I knew I was going to be a Salvation Army officer. And there were people throughout my life, officers, soldiers, leaders in the Corps that were very influential. Uh, My grandparents uh, definitely were those who had a great impact upon my life. Well, the the uh, the paramount um, assurance that Connie was the one for me was was at Mars Hill in Athens, Greece. I had uh, grew I grew up in a family where several of my brothers were divorced, so I was very paranoid with marriage and didn't want to ruin uh, a calling, you know, that God had placed upon my heart. I wasted my life prior to coming to Jesus and didn't want anything like that to happen again. And so um, I wrote on a prayer piece of paper, uh, Lord, I need an outward sign that Connie's the one for me. And I put it in the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem. And so we're on our excursion trip and I'm out on Mars Hill early in the morning and I'm preaching Paul's sermon uh, you know, in Acts chapter 17, and, and I see a couple over there looking at me like, I'm, who's this weirdo up here? <laughs> so I went over and, and explained and started praying with them and, and uh, come to find out that uh, you know, she had been a believer but had gotten away from the Lord, and, and I was praying with them, and, and uh, Commissioner Miller was there, and he threw his arm around me. He's an evangelist type, and he was really encouraged to see me praying with a young couple and he said, uh, "Long as long as we have young lieutenants like you, the army's going to be okay." And you know that girl you've been seeing in Atlanta? She's the one. And I thought, "There's my confirmation." Yeah. Well, I know uh, from the beginning we knew he wanted kids. Uh, he grew. He had. He came from a family of twelve kids, and I came from a family of five. And so that was a uh, foregone conclusion. We knew that was going to happen. And I don't remember so much us really talking about well, I, I know having. That, well, I, I know that uh, it was a number thing, and it's always been a number thing between us. Um, I said about four. She said maybe five, and the Lord said six. <laughs> <laughs> well, our, our first child, uh, Stephanie, you know, we're just... Uh, blessed with her and and uh, she did not have a very uh, easy coming in coming yeah. into the world um, she had aspirated some fluid and it caused uh, we, we, we didn't know if it was meningitis or what was going on and here my little baby has all these tubes and and wires connected to her body and it was heart-wrenching to see that but fortunately they were able to uh, calm it down within 24 hours and we were able to take our baby home with us and then, then we had Kristen, uh, who came exactly a year later on the same day. Then next uh, came along our Kara, and she was born on Valentine's Day. And so after Kara, then um, our next one came. That's right. Well, Catherine, um, her her parents came to our shelter in uh, when we were stationed in Winchester, and uh, her daddy was a, a severe alcoholic made a commitment to Jesus at the altar at our program, I was with us for a while, and, and then he went back to the bottle, abandoned his daughter, and she was 14 and a half at the time, and, and uh, we get a call. She had run away she had from run, several yeah. places, and, and then finally from the group home. 
and came and said needed help. And well, and, and the Department of Social Services said, uh, can she stay with you for a day? A day became a week, a week became a month. And long story short, uh, Catherine uh, even looks genetically like one of our family members. And uh, she's just been a blessing. So she came to us in the middle and we adopted her and, and Catherine went on to uh, the training college. Yes. Then um, it... Sarah. Yes. Uh, Sarah uh, came to us on April the 26th, and and uh, we were so uh, thrilled, you know, to have another girl, and and then finally um, our uh, fifth biologically, Stephen. Um, we just laughed. We just laughed because it was a boy, and <laughs> folks were saying, "You got to keep on trying till you get a boy." I would have taken another girl because I love my girls and they're they're precious. But uh, Lord bless us with Stephen, and that was September the second. Before we came here, we sent out a little text to our kids, and we said, what's one good thing, one not-so-good thing, and one funny thing that you remember about with our parenting? And uh, they were spot on. And so one of the things that uh, actually uh, Kristen says was, you're yelling is the not-so-good. And we were yellers. He, he came from a family. When you have, you know, 12, 13 in the household, you yell just to be heard. And so... Um, I remember Catherine coming to me. She had been with us not even a year. And she said, why don't you yell at me like the rest of them? And it made me stop because just in that moment, just that little statement, uh, because she and I had been going through counseling, through all of this to help her and to help us as a, as a family. And um, I thought, you know what? I was treating her differently. Not that I wanted to yell at my kids anyway, but you know, that's how I guess I was, we were coming across. And I said, okay, you got it. And I think in that moment, that was when we began to really gel gel as yeah. a family. She came at a time when um, she needed us, but also at a time when we needed her. Connie and I were both raised in, in very strict homes, and so, um, and our children, we wanted them to be able to expand and do whatever, you know, they, they wanted, if they wanted to play sports, play sports. Uh, they were with us wherever we went. We've dealt with um, lifestyles that are definitely uh, not what... They were raised to be. You know, in those times, um, not that it's any easier for him, but I think um, he handles it a lot better than I do. Yeah. And well, it's it's uh, I, I'm a little different because my mother made us go to church, and my father was was not a believer, and uh, so we were going to the Baptist church until we were twelve, and then we were allowed to make our own decision and. And all of us boys said, "Yeah, that's that's history, you know. That's history. Who's going to church? I'm not going to church." And so that's when I took on the uh, hippie lifestyle, and and I ran from God. I remember the Lord speaking to me in my mother's '57 Chevrolet one Sunday after Jack Van Eppie was a guest uh, speaker at the church, and uh, saying, "I want you to, I want you in the ministry." And uh, so for all those years, uh, running away from the Lord. And then at the age of 22, uh, just submitting myself to that calling of ministry. Um, I guess 
I guess if you bring up a child in the way that they should go, <laughs> when they're mature, they'll not depart from it. And so we dedicated our children and we poured our lives into them. And even for uh, the few that, that are still wandering out there and, and, and prodigling out there, um, you know, Daddy, will you pray? You know, there. So you know it's there. But we, we, uh, we gave them to Jesus many years ago, and we believe uh, that they're coming around. The Salvation Army's mission, Doing the Most Good, means helping people with material and spiritual needs. You become a part of this mission every time you give to the Salvation Army. Visit SalvationArmyUSA.org to offer your support, and we'd love to hear from you. Email us at radio at uss.salvationarmy.org. Call 1-800-229-9965 or write us at P.O. Box 29972, Atlanta, Georgia 30359. Tell us how we can help. Share prayer requests or share your testimony. We would love to use your story on the air. You can also subscribe to our show on iTunes or your favorite podcast store. And be sure to give us a rating. Just search for the Salvation Army's Words of Life. Follow us on social media for the latest episodes, extended interviews, and more. And if you don't have a church home, we invite you to visit your local Salvation Army Worship Center. They'll be glad to see you. This is Bernie Dake inviting you to join us next time for the Salvation Army's Words of Life.